Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. It's a happy Monday. Very much so. Monday, the 27th of February. I'm Tony Haggerty, at a Haggerty 10, and I'm joined today by Sean Martin and Aidan McDonald at Sean Martin TCW Twitter handle and at Aidan C McDonald Twitter handle. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Tony. How are we? <laughs> Good. Aidan, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Always a pleasure on a day like this after that result. Turns out the other mob were no bad. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Join in. Songs to sing and learn when the other mob go up to win the League Cup. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you know the words. Guys, Celtic 2, Rangers 1, League Cup final. We will talk in depth about that any minute. But first and foremost, we do the housekeeping every day. And we ask you, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe and it will cost you the princely sum of two pounds for two months for the click of a button covering top quality journalism covering the club love www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe that's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe there's my dogs going mental there you go they've just heard the result and uh, we also say thank you to seneca and the celtic way morning briefing it's now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group and Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments and you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video, video even guys, there you go. Now, tremendous, I wish my dogs would be quiet but they will in a minute, there you go. Guys, Celtic 2 Rangers 1, as we said, Sean, you and myself were present at Hamden Yep. Celtic worthy of that, deserved winners of the trophy, two goals from Kyogo and that monumental stat, Sean, that you dredged up, <laughs> that Kyogo was the first Celtic player to score two goals in two successive finals since Billy McPhail achieved the same feat in 1956 and 1957. Now, you will read that stat in every newspaper and see it on all, every kind of broadcasting, but your man there was busy whilst spinning plates at Hamden, and he dredged up that, so big up to Mr Sean Martin, or I'll, start, or I'll tell you why, Tony, and after, well, yeah, I told you why yesterday, but I'll tell yeah, you yeah. why he did as well, and, and everybody else, because when he scored the second, I was convinced he was going to get a hat-trick, yes. so I started, I started going through all the League Cup finals, trying to see who'd scored the hat-trick, and it was Henry Larson, 2001 for Celtic, right, it was the last hat-trick in the League Cup final, but I went back and back, and then next thing I know, I look up and his numbers up, and he's getting taken off. Going, well, there must be a start and back-to-back braces, and so I ended up trolling through the same matches again, taking note of the, the braces, and it was um, aye, Billy McPhail, nineteen fifty-six and fifty-seven. The fifty-seven one also yes. uh, was obviously a hat trick in the famous seven-one-one. Uh, so he actually went one better. But sixty-six years, Tony, once every sixty-six years it happens. Correct. Yes, yes. It's uh, entering or straying into. Harley's Comet Territory, but you might read something about that in the fullness of time. Aidan, your own thoughts on that Celtic worthy winners? Uh, yeah, in the end, I would say so. More than deserved winners, Tony. Obviously, they did dip a wee bit in the second half for a period, but I think over the course of the game, you, you couldn't really argue that Celtic deserved to win it. I know we're probably going to talk about individual performances, but I, I, I did think the whole team was really, really solid. Uh, you know, even players coming on later on, like Iwata uh, and that, etc. Obviously, making my first appearance in 
as occasionally League Cup final, but also a derby as well. Thought he was pretty controlled, and I thought Oda did all right as well. So yeah, no, nothing but good things to say about yesterday. Before, I know we're going to I know we're going to go on individuals, but just because Aidan mentioned Dewata in case we in case we don't bring him up again, um you mentioned at the time you think you, you thought that he'd he'd been doing well while he was on. Aidan's mentioned him there. I've had a wee glimpse, I've not went in depth, but I've had a wee glimpse at the stats. He won all seven of his duels after coming on, which when you think of the situation he came on in, and I know Celtic were winning, but it was at the tail end of when Rangers were having that wee spell. It did make an impact, and I think it's to his credit that he came on in that situation. Never just saw out the game, but actively helped Celtic show it up a wee bit. And that platform led to, as we'll come to, potentially another couple of goals at the end for Celtic, yeah. actually. I thought Iwata helped Celtic midfield get another stranglehold on the game mm-hmm. in the latter stages. And I said that to you, didn't I? That they had lost their way a wee bit when uh, Boy and Hitati went off. Mm-hmm. But when uh, Iwata came on, they get a a stranglehold on the game and could have, as you said, scored a couple of goals. Haxaban if it's a chance, Matt O'Reilly had chances. But yeah, I, I was very impressed with Awata and I was pleased with his contribution because Celtic certainly needed it. But uh, speaking of individuals, Sean, we both agreed that our man of the match was uh, the much maligned Swedish central defender at times, Big Carol Starfelt. What a stormer he had, an absolute stormer. It was, it was brilliant. I mean, we kept nudging each other during the game going, he's, he's playing brilliant here. This is arguably his best game. Um, I've, I've, in my notes, I had several, and I'll probably reference this a few times, but I had several kind of almost key battles. So I had Morelos versus Starfelt. Really, it's Morelos versus both of them because it was one up front. Yeah. But specifically, I thought they'll try and target Starfelt. I thought, especially in the opening half, Starfelt was switched on with his head, with his feet. And I mean, with his feet, not just in passing, but in terms of using the ball, in terms of maybe taking it past someone, carrying it before he before he passed it. It was just, it was phenomenal in the first half, especially. And I, I said this to a couple of people last night, and he says, aye, but near the end, he had a couple of wee moments. And all right, he did have a couple of small moments, but it didn't cost anything. And I think overall, I think you were justified in giving him his 9 out of 10 because it was a big, big stage, big, big opposition, big game. And he was... Even when Okiogo got two goals, Starfield to me still stood out. Well, it's his interception at least to the first goal because he shunts mm. it to Moy and then the quick thinking after that, Aiden. But it doesn't happen if Carol Starfield doesn't read James Tavernier's kind of what he would pass or just ball in a general direction of, but you know who he hit it in the general direction of, but Big Starfield was there to read it. But he was uh, strutting about like Big Franz Beckenbauer yesterday and even doing turns in his own box, which gives everybody heart failure. But well, me and, you, me, me and you were kind of <laughs> pulled on each other up, each other's arms at that point going on, you know. I, I'd like to think he, he was in control, he did at all times and knew what he was doing. Yeah, it, it was very good during the game and it, it wasn't just his defensive work. I know he did have the odd wee touch here or there, but most players had the wee, a wee moment and maybe their touch was a bit off. But overall, I thought his distribution was really good from the back as well. And it was a really accomplished performance by Starfield. Carter Vickers also, I thought, yeah. was, was was phenomenal beside them. But, yeah, Starfield was really good. And they dealt with Morelos pretty well for the majority of the game, who is a threat in these games. He's going to be in throwing himself about in that. And Starfield was really strong. And, yeah, that interception you were talking about in particular, Tony, was keen. It was a really impressive. Probably was his best performance for Celtic, I would say, anyway. I mean, he has been very solid, Starfield. And I think a lot of the criticism he probably gets is... Still, people just finding out those first few games last season, even though he's had many really good performances since then. But 
overall, really, really competent from Starfield, no doubt about that. Yeah, and Cameron Carter Vickers, that interception that oh, he, he, I just saved a certain goal. I did, did ask you, him. Am I right saying you asked him about it, Tony? I asked him, yeah, I asked him if he thought he'd scored an own goal. He just looked at me, nah, nah, I knew it was going wide, and I was just <laughs> as blase as that, but it looked, it certainly looked close, didn't it? But he, he knew what he was doing, but it was crucial and a vital block. I also asked the manager, he mentioned the defence yesterday, the manager, mm. but I said to him about those two in particular, the two central defenders, and he said they were immense, but to be yeah. fair to Costa Cogley, he, he mentioned Johnston and Taylor as well. Yeah. He said they were terrific, but he said that the contribution of the two guys in central defence was immense because he said that they're the two that every game he asked them to go one-on-one with somebody. Mm-hmm. Saying people think that because you dominate games that it's an easy shift. He's like, but they're man-marking somebody every game because that's the way he wants them to play. He said, so I mean, can you switch off? They're, they're not allowed. You know, despite the fact that Celtic dominate games, they've got to be constantly aware. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that was quite a, a nice insight into you know what he asked the two of them to do. You know, yeah. I've said before, I, I think playing Celtic, playing Celtic centre back is one of the hardest positions in world football, just because of the responsibility you've got. Yeah. Um, and as Poster Cog was touching on a lot of that there, I think yesterday, arguably the games against Rangers allow them to do more traditional defensive work than a lot of the other games in Scottish football because that is watch the space behind you. Um, basically, as I say, with this part, the pass networks all the time, they're virtually in the opposition half for the most of most of the game. Against Rangers, it's slightly different. You've not got quite as much of the ball. You maybe be occupied a wee bit more and traditionally defensively. Um, Starfield in particular seems to like that. Um, and I think he liked it again yesterday. He likes it. Morelos is willing to try and get a wee bit physical with him. And obviously, we know Carter Vickers likes that. But... In terms of the, the way that they showed up in the data, and again, I've not went fully into it, I've just kind of took a, a quick journey around it, a magical mystery tour around it. Um, Starfield, to nobody's surprise, came out with the highest dual success rate of any anybody that started, um, and the most recoveries. Carter Vickers, and I don't know if this will surprise you or not, because obviously we were concentrating a lot on Starfield, but Carter Vickers was by far the most interceptions in the game, and by far the most blocked shots in the game. So as much as Celtic were clearly the better team to me, I think it, despite the scoreline only being one goal in it, I think Celtic were clearly the better team, maybe besides that 15-minute spell in the second half. They did have things to do, and both of them both of them came out shining. Both of them came out having had a really, really good game in that sense. And also as well, even talk about uh, the likes of Greg Taylor and Alistair Johnson. Taylor's ball across the face of goal. 1-0. And, yeah, uh, yeah. If, if, if Maida, well, thankfully Maida fresh-eared it, you know what I mean? So, Both yeah. fellbacks were excellent, I thought, and Alistair Johnston in particular, I thought he was phenomenal. I know he's, they played in the last derby also, but he was making his first appearance in the sort of big cup final stage like that, and I, I, he didn't play in, in the semi-final against Kilmarnock, did either, it was Juranovic who played, so the sort of first uh, appearance at Hamden, and he was excellent the way he was going forward, this was really strong defensively, and that sort of ball he played in relative well in the game over the top to Kyogo. I know Kyogo ended up kind of just falling down, but that would have been a brilliant assist. And I think he had another one in near the end of the first half. It was a good cross for Kyogo's header. So he saw a distribution and that attempt to set up chances was, was excellent overall. Taylor, I thought, had a pretty good game as well. Obviously, he got the assist. So a couple of times, maybe in the first half, he was maybe out of position a wee bit, but he grew into the game and he was very assured uh, 
from the second half onwards. And both fullbacks are so important to how Celtic play. So the fact that they had a good game definitely helped the end result. He got that assist, Tony. Um, I checked yeah. the match stats. He ended up he got it because we were we were sitting frantically trying to figure out if Maida had in any way scuffed it to to credit him with an assist. But Taylor's Taylor's been given it. Fair enough. We we also touched upon Johnson, didn't we? The two as we're talking that he was just <laughs> he's just getting stuck right in, wasn't he? Well, I mean, this this comes a week after or whatever it is, a week and a half after I says. I want to see a wee bit more of it, even if even if the manager has told them don't give referees an excuse, all that kind of stuff. There's some situations that it, it, it works in your favour to get maybe a, a wee bit involved um, to an extent. And I think Johnston Johnston had uh, a wee bit of the ice hockey in him. Uh, yeah, with the uh, it was Definitely. I think was it Barisic and Cholak. I think he was having yeah. a wee a wee ding dong with. Um, I like that, you- and I think it was a good a good moment in the game to show that kind of passion. You mentioned one right near the end, didn't you? And he was still mm-hmm. going hell for leather because you turned to me and said, "There's another vital interception." Well, it led to it led to the next. Yeah, and I was uh, I was too busy away, and you're like, "Look, <laughs> sorry, what have I missed?" But uh, yeah, and I I agree with you. I thought it was a, a very good team performance. I, I also thought that in the midfield, Kyle Mack, Rio Hatate, and Aaron Moy dominated for as long as those three of them were on the park. And Moy's contribution for the two goals can be underestimated. Well, the, the, the shunt to Taylor and then the ball through to Hachati, who squares it for Kyogo for the second goal. Uh, he, you know, he was he was the cool head that Kevin McKenna spoke about on, on Friday. And I thought that, that really helped Celtic. Because I don't think Lundstrom got a kick. I don't know if Lundstrom was fit or not, but that wasn't a... That wasn't a, that's by and by, but I thought Aaron Moy just controlled it, him and Cal Martin Hattati, for the time that they were on. I I'd agree with that. I thought they played well, all three of them, uh, as a unit. I thought Moy, Moy had a couple of issues with his footing at, at the start. He slipped a few times, and I do I think he held on to the ball slightly too long, more than once, but ultimately he held on to it, which is the key point. Um, you're right to, to mention he's, he's, he's rolling the build-up to both goals. He'll maybe go unnoticed. Again, he deserved his start. I know I tipped O'Reilly to start. Um, as I said, I had no qualms if it, qualms if it ended up uh, Aaron Moy because his, his form said that he deserved it. Um, and I think he showed why again. I think he showed why again. I'll just bring this up, Aidan. From the bottom of your screen, you get 9 at 11, Sean gets 10 at 11. <laughs> you're all da, clean sweep, 11 at 11. Neil did start in 11, so yep, but we won't dwell on that. Uh, Aidan, were you happy with the midfield? You mentioned it first. Uh, I, I, I believe that you brought it up first, but yeah, I was delighted with the way the midfield played that trio in particular when they came on. And obviously, a lot of came on, showed that up, got the result. Yeah, the midfield three were phenomenal in the middle of the park. It's obviously so important to how Celtic play, but particularly in those games, I think making sure when they've got the ball, they're finding a pass or holding on to it, you don't want to be losing those sorts of battles. And Celtic were excellent, McGregor was anchoring sort of the midfield as you would expect. He was another one throwing under the radar a wee bit, but it was still a real issue performance. But Moy and Hitati were phenomenal. Like you guys are mentioning, it probably will go under the sort of radar a wee bit. Moy's role in the two goals, but the, particularly the second pass for Hitati, obviously who then assisted Kyogo, was phenomenal. And Hitati himself, I thought he, he was excellent. He was my, my sort of kind of player of the match for me. I, I know Starfelt, like you guys said, he was... He was obviously a worthy choice for that as well, but I thought Hitati was the best player on the pitch. Some of his touches, 
even if he hadn't I got the assist for the second goal, I still would have been ranting him up there. I thought he basically didn't put a foot wrong the whole game. And yeah, that sort of free in the middle of the park were really important to what Celtic were trying to do yesterday. And like the fullbacks and the defence, thank for the old a really good game. Indeed, Ed Janjo comes in. This team, the spirit of the together, can't help but feel this is something special. Indeed, and moving further forward, Kyogo, what can we say? 24 for the season, two typical Kyogo goals, but it, see the movement for the second goal? That was my father that told me to go and watch it again, but I mean, as soon as as soon as the ball goes to Hitachi, he's gone, and, and again, Barisic caught out. Where did he come from? He came from behind you. <laughs> he's first to the ball, ball's in it. It's just, it's a... Uh, you cannot teach that. That's instinctive. That's knowing where the ball's going before the, the the ball's coming across. Once once the first pass is played, it's just going in there knowing that's coming across here. I better be in there. And that's the one that Ange Postacoglu was going on about here after the Livingston game. Mm-hmm. When players weren't making those runs, he was a bit disappointed with that. And ever since then, <laughs> they've no stopped making those runs. <laughs> what do you know? I I mean the by accident, Sean, does it? No, it doesn't, but I think I still think in that Livingston game he was talking about the midfielders rather than uh, Kyogo. And what I'll say is, Tony, it was very good timing to have a a certain piece on the website with what John Hartson sees when he's when he watches Kyogo and for John Hartson to pinpoint that exact run for him then to score both uh, where where a kind of near near post slash centre of the box run and a cutback is um just excellent timing on, yes. both, on both John Hartson's part and Kyogo's part. Correct. Aidan, Kyogo, Callum McGregor labelled him a superstar. I was desperate to speak to Jota. He was he was uh, there, but we didn't get a chance to, and I wanted to ask him. I thought you were the only superstar in the team, but uh, yeah, I didn't get a chance. But I mean, that he has come in, came in last summer, and he just hit the ground running with the hat trick at Celtic Park and his first game in front of the Celtic supporters. And there's very few people get that kind of special rapport and relationship with the supporters, but he's heading that way, isn't he? He's a special, special talent. And the manager says it's not just for his goals, but it's what everything that he brings. He's just such a team player. And you have to say when he celebrates in front of the supporters, and smiles and leads the singing and the dancing. It's very infectious, isn't it? Even Joe Hart was present yesterday during the interv- after match interview. He just said, "Look at that! It's special." To uh, the interviewer on uh, the sports network that covered it, uh, so via play, and he said to her, "Just just watch that. You know, it's, it's special." But and it's Kyogo doing his bit with the the chant and singing. But uh, yeah, he he seems to have uh, embraced the whole Celtic culture, but the, the Celtic supporters have taken Kyogo to the hearts, haven't they? And two winning goals in both cup finals successively. You can't argue with that, can you, Eden? No, I mean, that is sort of very much turned up in the big games, isn't it? That's two cup finals now that are probably going to be really remembered to an extent for being Kyogo cup finals, like 10 years from now or whatever. The fact he's got, you know, doubles in both those games. And yeah, he's been a phenomenal signing, obviously on 24 goals this season. Uh, I'm sure he's probably going to be Celtic's top goal scorer, top goal scorer on the league probably, and wouldn't surprise me if he goes on and gets another ten plus goals between the end of the season. But he, he's been excellent since he's came in and sort of what a lot of business it was to manage bringing him over here. And 
obviously this season as well, it's been really good. That he's, I know he did, he had hurt his shoulder a couple of times, but he never really missed any games. So overall, he was always back the next game. So the fact he seems to get well, most of his injury worries out of the way that he had last season, and he's just been available for pretty much all the fixtures has been excellent as well. And yeah, it's just. He kind of run out of good things to say about Kyogo, but I thought his movement yesterday, it was causing the Rangers defence problems all over the place. Obviously, I know he gets two goals, but even that one, I think I mentioned earlier from the Johnson cross when he was in the box with a header, he probably felt yeah. he did a wee bit better, but just the movement that he found himself free was excellent. And I think there was two or three times anyway that he got managed to get in behind and just Rangers defence couldn't get anywhere near him. The only reason it probably didn't end up being a goal sort of Kyogo's maybe finishing being slightly off rather than, you know, any Rangers player being able to man-mark him or get anywhere near him. So, yeah, he was excellent yesterday and I think he, he's just basically the ideal lunch player, isn't he? <laughs> just for the way he wants to play. A masterclass in attacking movement striker play. Sean, would you call it that? And I would. As Aidan yeah. says there, do we, re, do we refer to these now as the Kyogo Cup finals? From I think so, aye. I think that word's probably fair. Um, a movement masterclass. Uh, yep. We've had a few of them from Kyogo since he yep. since he joined, but it's uh, particularly satisfying to be able to say that he put on one of those in um, in a cup final, and more so in a derby cup final. Um, got a few comments. Glenn Mallard saying the best player playing for Celtic seems to change each week, which is not a bad thing actually. And this is what I was referring to last week when um, there's there's a recency bias a lot, and it's it's, just, <laughs> it's probably natural when when Celtic are playing so well. Um, that one week it's, it's Hatati's the best in the country, he's going to be played of the year, Taylor's going to be played of the year, it's Kyogo, uh, then it's Carter Vickers, then it's back to Kyogo, You've st- don't don't forget Callum McGregor the whole time, uh, that kind of stuff, and it's uh, it's actually, and I said this last week, it's going to be genuinely really quite difficult, I think, for people to separate one of them out, I think Kyogo might lead the, the way because goals are obviously more memorable, but I, I genuinely think you could, you could say there's up to five, with a, a real, real oh, shot yeah. of able to be named player of the year. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But, yeah, Kyoko might share it because of the goals, but and I'm kind of always air towards the, the the glory hunters and the glory grabbers and the gold grabbers. And, but I do love Cameron Carter-Vickers as a... As a Who defender. is, of course, the reigning TCW player of the season, Tony. Yeah, which, he was leading it the last time, wasn't he? He was leading it the, the last time. The only trophy that matters, Aidan, isn't it? The TCW yeah. Power Rankings trophy, that's the one they all want. Maybe like to think that. Uh, somebody flicked up a comment, I think it was Jerry O'Rourke, that said I did like that as well, that uh, Ange Postacoglu asked Alan McCoy to give him a lift back to Yeah, aye. nice wee bit of banter. Uh, yeah, and I, said, and I mentioned that in a piece that I did in Friday's got a tremendously droll sense of humour. And first of all, it's brilliant. Very underplayed and understated, but it's he's a uh, very uh, uh, he's he's very funny when he wants to be. But mm-hmm. yes, now other forwards, Aidan, Maeda, and Jota, myself and Sean looked at each other after uh, Maeda's first attempt at crossing, and but. <laughs> But I actually thought he played very, very well. He grew into the game and stayed on because he put in a tremendous defensive shift as well. There was times when he was just chasing back 16, 70 yards and winning the ball at the corner flag, stuff like that, and giving it back to to whoever these defenders were there at his, at his side. And I, I just love that attitude and that application. And even if it wasn't coming off from in the attacking sense, a couple of crosses, well, wayward especially his first one 
shanked it, didn't he? Right into the Rangers end at one point. But uh, I, I just like I just love his work ethic, Aidan. Yeah, I mean he, he probably didn't have his most effective game attacking wise, but the sort of defensive work and keeping Rangers pinned back at times. Uh, particularly in the first half and for, for a good chunk of the second half as well on that side was really, really important to Celtic being able to sort of stay in control for the majority of the game and he has me another one that goes a wee bit understated because he didn't score, didn't get an assist but he, he, yeah, Maida was excellent again and just that yeah, he can, he's another one that I probably run out of good things to say about him because I feel I always say the same thing in terms of like you know work uh, you know him putting an effort Pressing, you know, tracking back, making sure that the winger on that side or the fullback on the other side is supported and attack, and then also the opposition can't get really down that side as well. But yeah, he he was phenomenal, and he's another one without repeating what I was saying too much about Kyogo that is just the ideal Ange player. You can see why he had him at Yokohama. You can see why he starts him in that game, even though I, I did go for a badder. But it was a bit like the Moy O'Reilly one when I seen that Moy and Maida were starting. That didn't instantly make me think of. Celtic are now suddenly at a disadvantage because they're not playing O'Reilly in a badder, which probably does show you how strong the squad is. And yeah, Maida was excellent yesterday. Tony, Sean Malloy coming in saying Maida done exactly, showed exactly why he's a starter for Ange Postacoglu. Work rate is awesome. I've mentioned earlier on that I kind of, in my notes, I kind of marked down potential key battles, and obviously Maida versus Tavernier was one of them. Uh, and in my notes, I'd written down, Tony, and this is what we were talking about, that he did look to have that space in behind early yes. on, but when he got there he couldn't quite exploit it and it's something that we, we spoke about on here last week which was although he is to me better on the left wing, if he's in the position where he's beat his man down the down the, down the line, going towards the byline, you can tell he's, you, you know he's not left footed and it's a hit or a miss, usually a miss whether he actually wraps his foot around that ball now, by the same token him drifting in from the left wing allowed that space for Taylor to, to, to get onto Moyes' pass for the opening goal and obviously he was in the centre and, and kind of miss hit it or missed it entirely but he still opened up that space for Taylor by doing that yes. um, you know where I stand on him I, I just think he's custom built for Derby Day I think he's he's uh, he's in the strongest 11 um, although I did say to you yesterday Tony that I was intrigued because obviously Celtic are always left flank heavy first and foremost but most stuff comes down the left flank most of the work's there, most of the pressing's there. Every basically every game takes that that form where the right flank isn't as busy as the as the left flank. Yesterday was much the same, but I thought when Jota in the first half especially did get a chance to get on the ball, he showed that he was threatening. But I says to you, Tony, I was quite intrigued to see what would happen if Maida and Jota switched. Like nice. I've not really been doing it as much, but because Barisic in particular looked as if he was really quite slow off the mark yesterday. Um, did, and I just wanted to see what would happen if, if Celtic went a wee bit more direct with the kind of balls they were trying to catch Tavernier out with to Barisic, but with Maida on the other flank. They'd done it for a wee bit, but not for all that long. They did they did, they did, um, they did switch it for a wee bit, but I was very curious with that because Barisic well, didn't look as if he would be able to cope with it if they did it. Well, I'm glad Barisic was slow and Kyogo sort of went to him, uh, Aiden for the for the second goal, and I actually thought Jota was playing well. I was a wee bit surprised when Jota came off, to be honest. But I thought he had the beating of his fullback, uh, and I also think that uh, he put in a. I mean, McGregor made a brilliant save from first half effort, 
And uh, I thought Jota would have stayed on longer, but again, manager makes the calls. And I think I bad had done well when he came on. Yeah. Um, dive aside, obviously, but yeah, um, I think I think he did well. And as I say, I, I, whenever I see him now, I think he's definitely working on his his dribbling. I just think he looks a far more confident player when he's facing up one on one than he did last season, which is to his his credit. If that if that is what he's identified that he needs to work on, and that's what he's working on, I think I think that shows a. A nice attitude from him, especially when he's not starting a lot of games. Um, you mentioned Alan McGregor there, Tony. Brown Warrior convincing. Alan McGregor kept him in the game and the scoreline respectable. Um, and Brown Warrior says he thinks that Celtic would destroy Rangers at Celtic Park. And then he's at me. Um, no, I think, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a fair comment to say Alan McGregor kept him in the game. But I also think poor shot selection kept him in the game mm-hmm. as well. Um, Haxabanovic dragging it wide. It was a good save from Al McGregor with the other Haxabanovich one, I will say that. Um, and then Matt O'Reilly, I think, of all the players, as much as I, I think Matt O'Reilly's a, a brilliant player, I've, all, I've often said that his shooting is something that um, that needs to be better. And I think of all the players in that second half for the ball to fall to in that position, it's probably not O'Reilly that you wanted. Um, I think Alan McGregor knew exactly what he was going to do with it because he always places it. Um, so it kind of... I keep a lot of McGregor will will um will know that. So yeah, I think poor shot selection as much as Alan McGregor's shot stopping as well. Aiden, I was just raging because I called the team right and then I called it three one. So I was cursing both Haxabanovich and Matt O'Reilly for not putting a better gloss on the scoreline. Glad that we won. And I'm also glad I thought Haxabanovich was excellent when he came on. Could have been three one, even four one. Celtic take those chances, but I was impressed by the way they lost their way a wee bit in the game, but got it back for the last closing 10 minutes and injury time. Aidan, I was really impressed by the way Celtic finished the game, finished it really strongly. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody could have complained that if Celtic had ended up winning that game 4-1, for example, just based off the chances at the end, and Haxaban, which in particular was really good, I mean, he's his run for that chance he had that he just put wide, which and it was like one of the last kicks of the game or whatever, was Phenomenal, he just picked it up. I can't remember what Rangers player it was, he knocked it round, but just sort of dinked it around him, just had the beating of basically four Rangers players to get by them. And he done all the hard work, and then you're hinting a player that has quality, he's maybe going just knock it in, but it just wasn't to be. But yeah, he, he was really good when he came on. And once again, like him, Awata, O, Abada, even O'Reilly, I know he missed that chance, but I thought he had some nice touches. It, the substitutes, once again, contributing a lot. I know none of them scored for anything, but. They, they came in when Celtic were maybe struggling a wee bit and gave the team a bit more drive, which led to them finishing the game strongly. So I know we've mentioned that the last few games, players coming off the bench and contributing a lot and how important that's been, how important it's going to be between now and the end of the season. So that was another sort of positive to take from the game for me. The fact I had money on it, Sean, in 3-1 at 14 to one has got nothing to do with my comments uh, <laughs> to Aidan there. But hey, I'll live... <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. But no, I think it's uh, I think it's just great that we can sit here having the first cup in the bag and a first leg of a potential domestic treble. But even the guys, when they were asked that yesterday, they were still not got a job to do. Uh-huh. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vicker saying still two trophies up for grabs. We'll, we'll see how it goes, you know, and we'll just focus on the next game. Uh, you know, the Focus was always in the next time. I think even Ange said it himself with his address to the supporters, didn't he? Mm-hmm. We'll let them enjoy tonight. <laughs> and the day, I think I've got a day off today. 
she's never going again. So I'm going to ask her to go again because he said you finish with the famous three words we never, we never stop. But it just shows you that mentality. Even the players were saying, well, the next one, Superman, I think they were saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is a game at a time, and I know it is. And, and Tony, I, I also wrote the newsletter last week, week before, about like Derby to Derby, the 42 days of like massive 42 days in terms of the, the fixtures. St Mirren away, lest we forget, the only kind of blip domestically yes. so far this season. So they will want to put that one right. And I know they've beat them since, but they'll still want to put that one right at, uh, at the ground yes, that we're beating that. Um, and then before the derby, uh, you've got a double header against Hearts as well. Now the, the cup one of that takes on, it was already significant. It always is going to be when it's a quarter final at Tynecastle. But now that the League Cup's in the cabinet, and I hope you saw that video that the club posted last night, um, now that the, the trophy is in the cabinet um, and the nine points are still there in the league, that Hearts game in the Cup uh, becomes extra significant because let's yeah. let's not head on. We are, we are looking at a treble. We're looking at a potential treble and it'll yeah. be a historic treble as well. Yeah, if it comes up. Now, I wanted yeah. to flip this up. Derek, we did. We met Ian Scott. We met him outside Hamden. He brought one of his friends along. We even got pictures taken with him. Poor man. Uh, but yes, uh, we, it was, we were delighted to meet him. We thanked him for his subscription and uh, he was he was chuffed, wasn't he? Uh, so well done, Ian. Well done on winning the tickets. Result dependent, always aiding, as I say, but he must have had a wonderful day. And I think they turned out to be very good seats, Sean, didn't they? They did. I he was he was, uh, he was buzzing. I to put it to put it lightly, but met him. Nice guy. Him and his pal Michael. Yep, all the way through from St Andrews, and what a day for them to come through. Yeah, and we had a brilliant moment as well when one of the female security guards uh, photobombed first attempt at a picture, <laughs> didn't she? And didn't get her name, but uh, that was it was a brilliant moment. She just jumped in and was killing herself laughing. And loved that. Thought that was magic. So uh, I hope she's watching. Say thanks for that. It was a, a wee comedic moment outside Hamden, which was great. Now, Aidan, as uh, Sean was talking about there, you do take it one game at a time, the quarterfinal against Hearts, Scottish Cup quarterfinal. We'll take care of itself when it comes along. The next one, St Martin, they're ticking them down, Aidan. Uh, can Celtic go the rest of the season unbeaten? Can you see that happening? Do you, Or do you just, like the players, just, Next one, St Man will focus on the rest when they come. But do you think that'll be in the players' minds? Let's go unbeaten. Because he always wants the answers, he always wants the team to finish strong. So I think they can do it. I mean, the sort of run they went on from that Livingston game last season. And I know there was the, the semi final block, but in the league anyway, from that uh, game through to the St Man game, has shown they can go on a long unbeaten run in the league. And since the St Man game, is that October, November that was? I was. Mm-hmm. So, ever since then, the fact that we're not being again. September, I think. But September, I... September, cool. So, ever since then as well, that's been another good few months that they went unbeaten. So, I think it's definitely possible. Will the players be thinking about it? Maybe not too much. I'm sure that is in the back of their minds. Just like sort of maybe discussions about a potential treble that I might not be spoken about, but the fact that they are sitting so well in the league, they've now won the League Cup, you'd be three games away from it in the Scottish Cup. Uh, assuming you keep performing in the league as well, obviously. It is probably going to be something to consider, but I have no doubt that the manager and all their focus will be on the St Martin game, which has probably got a bit of an, an extra edge to it than it would if you were playing away to Dundee United or something, for example, just given the fact that it was so disappointing the last time. And I just hope they don't wear that strip 
That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Do you know what? I like the fact there's an edge to that St. Man game because that'll mm-hmm. keep them on their toes. That that exactly. gives yep. them something. You know, instead of the season petering out, you 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 make up small ambitions in your in your mind with every mm-hmm. game now. So that St. Man game takes on heightened significance because Sean said they're the only team to beat us. They want to write that wrong in Paisley. Of all places, I know they've played them and beaten them since, but mm-hmm. to go there and win, then it gives you it's small goals, isn't it? And then you tick them off, and then you tick the games off. Yep. So you try and make small goals for every game, you know. We yeah, want you, because you t- you t- yeah, yeah, you tick it off a game at a time, like it says, but it helps if you can find an edge. And yeah. you know, you know how much I like my basketball. That was something everybody always said about Michael Jordan was he would, if there wasn't something to give him a, a wee, a wee. A wee attitude going into a game, then he would manufacture one. He, he would find one. He would pick a fight with someone. He would, he would get himself psyched up in some way. Now that doesn't work for everybody. Some people like to be quite zen about it. I'd imagine Aaron Moy is quite a quite a zen character. We mentioned that on Friday, but um, it, it might work for some of them. It might work for Ange. Um, ultimately, I suspect he would say, "Listen, we know what we're doing anyway. We don't need an outside um, an outside influence yes. to, to give us an edge." But if if they so require one, writing that wrong that they, that's right. the only place they've beaten is there, and it's an easy one to do it. Um, yeah, so, yeah. But and I've got to say, there's quite a lot of comments agreeing with, with Blind Asabat here. Um, that the squad that Celtic have got at the moment makes it it's not it's not hyperbole, it makes it realistic that they could go the rest of the season unbeaten. Now, obviously, I keep saying about that Hearts game because it, ultimately that one is a, a knockout tie, so that one you need to win that game, you need yes. to do it. You can't, you can't afford a blip in that game, um, but. They will not mention the word treble until they until it's no, a Scottish Cup final. Even then, they might avoid they it. Shouldn't. But no, they shouldn't. But that doesn't stop us being able to do it. And yeah, um, and I would, when I say it's going to be a historic treble, by my calculations, it's because it, they would be the first team ever, men's or women's, I think, to win eight domestic trebles. Um, because they're currently level with Rangers on seven. I think Glasgow City have had five, and I, I think I'm presuming it's worldwide because I don't see another. Another uh, another club having won seven. Well, we'll seven focus seven. on that if we get mm-hmm. to the verge of that. Next we start from Kevin on Friday. Celtic did score two goals, so that was a mm-hmm. that two hundred goal in major finals. Was that right? That was a ninety eight final. Was the Kevin it? said, "Yeah, that was a Kevin." Yeah, said. And that was a two hundred goal in major finals. The Celtic need to score two or more, so they did that. Kyogo has that honour scoring Celtic's 200th goal in a major final, and it's against Rangers' Kyogo final, as it's now known. Aidan, you've christened it the Kyogo final. Or the Kyogo, Kyogo finals. Yeah, Kyogo plural, finals. Yeah. Plural. Plural, because um, did it twice. Going to put a couple of comments here just from earlier on. Pete McGee saying, if gloating and feeling smug were Olympic sports, he'd be a double gold medalist this morning. Um, <laughs> and then couple of regulars from down under. Andrew Galea said it was worth getting up at 2am. Uh, Celtic dominated the game, deserved a win. Congratulations to the players and staff. Wombat saying the same, 2am start was worth it. Great stuff. Yeah, for those asking, no, I've not uh, been on the sunbed. I've got one of these round uh, light ring things that shine on your face. Mm-hmm. My good lady showed me how to use it because I'm clueless. But she's positioned it behind my computer and it's shining right on my coupon so maybe it's lighting it up like a Belisha beacon but there you have it I, I don't do sunbeds it's not my thing uh, I'm, a, I like my, I'm a bit of a Casper 
kind of a friendly ghost type Aiden, you know what I mean? Yeah, pal then. I don't want to go down that line too much, Sean, but there you have it. Uh, but yeah, so I've got a wee glow about me then. It's probably caused the light shining and just the fact that Celtic have won the first domestic trophy of the season and it all goes well. You press the on switch, Tony says Robert Gibson. Hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Is there anything else that he's, he's, he's what I mentioned? I mean, as post to Colgo's reaction, we've kind of touched on in terms of Tony, you mentioned what he said outside the outside Parkhead. Um, Aiden, anything tactically? Anything um, anything else stick out for you you want to mention? Uh, probably would just want to say again, Alistair Johnson. I thought he was kind of exceptional, really, in everything that he brought to the game, just rising to the occasion like that. And I, I, I did mention it earlier, but that pass over the top for that chance for Kyogo. I mean, see if Kyogo would sort of maybe, if that had taken a bounce, it maybe in a similar vein, his second goal in the League Cup final against Tibbs last year. That would genuinely be, if it's such a thing, one of the assists of the season, I think. And that just shows you his sort of range of passing, I think, in quality, which is maybe not something we've fully seen since he's came to Celtic, just because, he, I don't know, if he, I can't remember if he's got an assist yet. I think he might have one, that might be one, but he's, uh, I thought that was really good to see in, that could be maybe another thing that's with potential to see a bit more of between the end of the season. Also, Tony, anything, anything else tactically that you saw? It, well, I, I just think you've got to say that the manager called it right. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone was talking about how Bill made a mistake by not playing Raskin and, and Cantwell. That's purely his business, but he's picked the right team again because the Boston midfield, Lundstrom never get a kick, Tillman never get a kick, Kent never get a kick, did they? Morelos got one kick, Topo scored. Right? Scrap the goal, yeah. I mean, fair but enough. Scrap the goal. Right? You know, and it's all right saying that the team picked itself, for it, but they've still got to go and perform. But he got it right again. I mean, that that midfield triumvirate, for the time they were on the park, they bossed it. And it was noticeable that when their players get taken off, that Celtic fell out the game for a, for a period of 10, 15 minutes, didn't they? Mm-hmm. But then got it back by the fact that the manager brought on Iwata because he knows what he can bring, and you touched upon Iwata's stats, so they got, they ended up getting another stranglehold in the game through Iwata, and Haksabanovic coming on as well, giving them that release up front, and even O for the cameo that he had, he actually did okay, he stood up, and what a terrible book and he picked up, I mean absolutely. You know, I said that as well, I mean, the two of us were sitting there saying he's just shouldered him, although Hmm. I've subsequently, uh, one of my pals says to us, no, nah, eh, he had a, he led a wee bit, a wee bit, a wee bit, eh, wee bit oh, all right, okay. But right. I thought initially it was just strength more than anything. I will also say this, and people can agree or disagree, but I thought the referee handled it well, I have to say, because he refed the game, and that's all yeah. that Celtic the supporters asked for. A couple of maybe dodgy calls, but nothing untoward, and... Thankfully, VAR never needed to get involved, but I actually thought Nick Walsh handled that occasion really well. And you, you, ha- you know, they, they get enough stick, mm-hmm. we know, from Celtic supporters and lots of supporters when they get it wrong. But you have to turn around and say, I thought for an occasion like that, I think the two teams helped because it wasn't really a bad challenge in, in the whole game. Uh, but I, I thought the referee did what he was asked to do, and that's mm-hmm. ref the game. So uh, I was happy about that. Yeah, I thought I thought they done they done all right. The, the officials, yeah, certainly it wasn't. Uh, I mean, last last April that semi final between the sides at, at Hamden, yes, um, the referee 
became the the story. Yeah, for, um, the, yeah, for the way that he handled it, <coughs> that didn't happen yesterday. So fair play uh, is what I would say. Should happen more often. Yeah, um, I'm going to be a wee bit um, a wee bit snarky about it, but ultimately, um, ultimately, yeah, fair enough. I've said before, Aidan, you don't want favours, you just want fairness, don't you? And I think that's what happened yesterday. There was, the, the, to me, there was a total level playing field. Mm-hmm. No surprise that Celtic won the game then when they weren't, you know, victim of anything ridiculous uh, decision-wise and the referees uh, went out and, and did their job. Yeah, I mean, it's not. there's not been many games since VAR came in. Even if Celtic have won it, we've not came back saying... Something VAR related, whether it was something that went forward or against, but there wasn't really a single thing. The goals, for example, were all like, you know, clearly onside, no fibbles in the build up or that. So I know they would have been checked in their own way, but you know, didn't need to go to a big check on the screen or anything. <clears throat> there wasn't really that many bad challenges, to be honest. The only ones I can think of are I think uh, Lundstrom might have went in on Moy, I want to say, uh, at one point that he got mm-hmm. booked for, and then the one O got booked for. It was maybe a wee bit harsh, but I think he did kind of lean in with his elbow slightly. It wasn't like, you know, he jumped up and elbowed him right in the face, because that would have probably been a red card then. But uh, uh, I think it maybe wasn't the unfairest putting in the world. But yeah, the referee's done. They've done fine, but like Sean was kind of alluding to there, it's, that should kind of be the regular way in terms, of their, in terms of the officiating. But I do understand that we always slaughter them when they don't do well. So <laughs> a wee bit of it's, not, it's not slaughtering, it's constructive criticism, <laughs> Tony. I've slaughtered them, I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think, Tony, my worst nightmare was to come on here the day, win or, uh, win or lose, and have to uh, drag up the IFAB rules again after yes. I got final. That was my worst nightmare. But uh, I want to pick up something you mentioned, which was uh, Michael Beale. Um, and obviously, ultimately, if, if and we said this from the get go, if Celtic pick the right team and play, then they're the best team in the country and therefore, by that logic, they would win. Uh, I do want to say, that's, I mentioned in the preview show that I was intrigued to see if Michael Beale's almost managerial naivety played a part. And I think it, I think it probably did with his midfield selection, but more so with his hesitancy to make changes when he saw that Celtic's midfield was superior. Um, he waited until it was 2-0, until he was 2-0 down, I think, because don't let the 2-1 fool you. There was only around 15 minutes of that game where Celtic weren't the better team. Yes, I, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we sat beside each other and we were like, wow, we've fallen out it for that spell. But they got back into it and Jaden said could have been 3-1-4-1. If it, if it goes 3-1-4-1, mm-hmm. would you be surprised? Would you have any qualms? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brown Warriors and McGregor also kept Rangers in it with a few saves. I mean, that that's true. You look at Right, we take it from the top. Two shots that Kyogo put wide. There's a header that he put over the bar. There's a Jota shot that was saved. There's Haksabanovic's two chances. There's Matt O'Reilly's shot mm-hmm. that was saved by McGregor. And then there's the two goals. I make that eight kind of decent chances, yeah. Decent uh, chances, which I they think... can get two of, you know. So mm-hmm. with a, with for if nothing else for me, there was three goals in the game. Right, Celtic's two goals came, and I realise they all count the same. If it hits the net, it hits the net, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But sometimes I think it does. And the way that Celtic won that game was by scoring two goals that were very Celtic goals, doing yeah. what they always do, but doing it on the biggest occasion. And I think there's a, lot the say, game. there's a lot to be said for that. Whereas the Rangers goal, and again, it counts because they all count if they hit the net. 
the Rangers goal was a, a scrappy a scrappy finish, a, a, a kind of season on a, a chance that, that wasn't created as much as fell to them. Um, and I don't mean that as cheeky as probably what it sounds, but ultimately for me, Celtic's two goals were Celtic playing the Celtic way, if you want to put it that way, um, and doing it on the biggest of occasions. And that can't be underestimated because it's not always that that's the case. I totally agree with that. Aiden, I mean, that's what you were alluding to at the start of the programme with the, the team performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was. It was a good way to sum it up there. And I think that does probably show how strong Celtic were defensively for the most part, that it was kind of a, a smash and grab from a set piece. It was how Rangers scored. They weren't really carving Celtic open that much. I know I mentioned a wee bit in the first half of Cicala, maybe got a wee bit of joy going forward, but outside of that, there wasn't really a lot. Even when Rangers came into the game, it wasn't like Joe Hart was having to constantly save or anything like that. It was maybe a wee bit reminiscent to the second half at Ibrox last season when Celtic won 2-1. Even after Rangers scored, they did have maybe more of the ball for a period, but they weren't really carving open a lot of opportunities. So that probably speaks again to the strength of you know, Johnson, Taylor, Carter, Vickers and Starfield. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was another positive aspect that it was a good defensive performance. Speaking of positive aspects, Tony, I'm going to just mention this quickly. I, I can't find the comment that, that Helen put in, but rightly pointing out, we've not been on for a couple of days, so it's all almost old news at this point, but it was a derby double at the weekend. Um, I can't find Helen's comment, but Derek Crawford's replying to Helen. Um, saying the girls are very clinical. They obviously, um, it was a derby double. They won 3 0 at Excelsior against Rangers. Um, Caitlin Hayes were a double, and Amy Gallagher, obviously, famously Patsy Gallagher's um, descendant, um, scoring the goals. It put them top of the league. They're not top anymore because Glasgow City won at the weekend, but nonetheless, um, massive, massive props. I watched some of it, and it was, uh, they were very, very good value for that 3 0 win. It was not, um, it was not a particularly close game from what I've seen of it. Yeah, well done, the girls. That's a, a tremendous performance, and Fran Alonso's got them playing well, hasn't he? He really uh, has. His, his celebrations at the end were, were worth looking at if you've not. Yeah, um, they're good, aren't they? They're, they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're enjoyable, and, and good luck to them. They're trying to hunt Glasgow City down, aren't they? And, yep. He yeah. was also the first manager of two this weekend that I saw in Scottish football taking his team on the pitch after after a game and, and having a wee, uh, a wee talking to with them. Obviously, he was. Uh, he was getting them out there in celebratory mode. Um, Michael Beale wasn't, but uh, I enjoyed watching the, the girls' game, the, the Celtic women's game. It was good. And as I say, if you've not watched it, the, then I would look, at least watch the highlights because it was um, they were very good value for it. Indeed, gentlemen, that's 50 minutes. We've been going on for Happy Monday. doesn't get much happier, does it, when you've a trophy in the bag and all sorts of things to enthuse over. But in the words of... Alan McLeod, when asked what he was going to do when he won the World Cup, retain it, was what he said. Celtic have retained the League Cup, Aidan, courtesy of Kyogo's two goals, the Kyogo finals, as they will now be known on from here on in. Uh, joy to watch. And the, the, the great thing about it, actually, is you look at Kyogo's four goals in those two finals, all four different types of goals, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, that, those, those two yesterday were virtually identical. Well, <laughs> well, well okay. Um, the, the other two, so th- three of the four, three, I, one three the big lob, the other one latching yeah, on yeah. to McGregor, passing, slotting it past, and then the last two. But just um, in a striker's instinct. Well, you know, and, and what he brings to the table. And Andrew was asked how valuable was it that to have a player like that. He said, well, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? You know, so mm-hmm. Kyogo, the difference. 
last year against Hibernian in the final, the difference this year mm-hmm. against Rangers in the final. Man for the big occasions, apparently the three of us guys. <laughs> for the big occasions. Uh, on, on the topic of big occasions, you'll have noticed I've put in quite a few links there, mostly because I forgot to put in the detailed ratings one earlier on, but um, the last one there that says um, uh, relive the final moments from our vantage point, that's something I, I, I can I, I put together because there was four minutes of stoppage time and you were already at like 94 and a half minutes. So I started videoing from where we were sitting, <laughs> thinking, right, the ball will go out, I'll get the final whistle, the players will celebrate, can video the Celtic end, all that kind of stuff. And then, as you'll all know by now, they ended up playing into like the 98th minute. Um, so I started videoing and I thought, right, I can't stop videoing now because at some point the whistle's going to go. So I just kept videoing. So the last few minutes are, are, are there from where me and Tony were sitting and you see the you see the ball going out, you see it getting... Rangers trying to break away. You see Haksabanovic going through. I think it's Haksabanovic, that one. Um, you see Haksabanovic going through. And then eventually, at the end, you see the, the final whistle. You see the, the players jumping about. You see the Celtic end jumping about. So I thought I'll, I'll throw it up on the YouTube, throw it on the website. So if you're interested in seeing it from where we were sitting, that's that's on, that's in the links. There you go, Eden. You're all just sitting writing words, clapping like that. <laughs> Your man's taking videos, eh? I don't know, eh? There you Toast. Go. A tourist. <laughs> no, it's actually pretty good footage, isn't it? And it, it does give you a flavour for if you're interested in that kind of thing. That our vantage point, where we are sitting, in terms of uh, the hand and locale, and yeah, it, it's worth watching just for that for that alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the Celtic fans were in fine voice yesterday. Everything about it was just a beautiful Sunday, wasn't it? It was. Yep. All I can say now is. We'll just direct you to the strap line along the bottom, as we always do. And it's hit that subscribe button, guys. Costs you £2 for two months. You can subscribe to the Celtic Way website and support top quality football journalism covering the club you love. It's £2 for two months. You know it makes sense. Just hit that button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe and we also say thank you to Seneca who are our new sponsors the Celtic Way Morning Briefing now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group and Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments and you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video gentlemen thank you Aidan first class top contribution there love that Sean Excellent, as always. Enjoyed that, guys. It's always good when you win stuff, isn't it? Indeed. So we shall say to everybody, have a happy Monday. See you again for for a terrific Tuesday. The other mob won. Who'd have thunk it? Eh? There you have it. Take care, guys. Cheers, guys.